This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests. With me, Adam Frost. I don't think anything beats growing your own food. It's healthy, you know, it tastes incredible. You can experiment with a million and one different varieties and I think it's an awful lot better than what you get from your local shops. Sorry to say that, but I think it's true. That bit growing, I seem to be reasonably okay at. When it comes to the cooking, I love cooking. Am I as good? No, definitely not. So what I've done is I've gone and got myself a new best foodie friend, eh? And her name is... Cassie Best from Good Food. And what this lady does not know about cooking, she takes me into worlds that, wow, are amazing. (laughs) So, boom. My friend, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about courgettes, marrows, squash and pumpkins. Hey, rock and roll. (laughs) Right, Cassie. Pumpkins, squashes, courgettes. Let's open it up to marrows as well, because they take me right back to being a kid. (laughs) All right, so my first job growing for Tidy Nan and Grandad, I was in charge of the marrow heap. Okay. All right. And that was definitely one of those vegetables that my nan took every single drop of flavour out of. (laughs) You might as well have mashed them up, you know. And actually over the years, it's interesting when I was a kid, it was only ever marrow. I don't think, you know, obviously squashes and pumpkins and things Mm -hmm. like that were about, but it was never anything that I ate it was all about the marrow you yeah. know so so that's been fine tuned you know us <laughs> as gardeners grow so much more but how good for you is that group of plants yeah i mean they're packed with vitamins and minerals they contain beta carotene which is good for eye health and immunity so like all vegetables out there you know they are a complex mix of different vitamins and minerals but yeah really good for you yeah they're good and what about you when did you start? was it when you got into cooking were you know was it something as a kid with mum grew cook or yeah, oh, so I definitely remember a few marrows knocking around and similar to you, they'd be overcooked. I remember them being really watery and flavourless. 
and not something that I wanted on the plate at all. No. So I wasn't really a fan when I was younger, to be honest. But I've definitely changed my mind as I've grown older. Yeah, yeah the sort of the, the cooked green of a marrow was not in a very nice green, was no, it? No, it really <laughs> wasn't. And I think back then as well, you know, my mum and dad didn't use much in the way of spices in yeah. their in their cooking. So nowadays, if I'm cooking marrow, I'll, it doesn't have loads of flavour, does it? So I'll bring some nice spices into the dish and that really elevates it. But back then, it was just kind of boiled or roasted and yeah. it wasn't very appetising. No, whereas now, you think, you know, squash available, pump, and even pumpkins seem to have really appeared on the scene in the last five, ten years, unless I wasn't really paying attention. But now, you know, if it comes up towards the 31st of October, you get out in the countryside, you see pip your own pumpkin. Oh, it's everywhere. Listen, this is a big thing for for my kids around that time of year. When, you know, Halloween's knocking on the door, pumpkin patches, pumpkins everywhere. It's a big deal, isn't it? And even in the supermarkets, you see so many different varieties now. And I think people use them as, you know, an ornament around the home. And then hopefully, hopefully they're eating them as well as using them as an ornament. Because I hate to think that there's so (laughs) many going to waste. Exactly. You talk about ornaments, right? You know, in the horticulture world, growing big pumpkins Mm. is a big deal, all right? So I've got a mate who has held the world record for the biggest pumpkin, all right? So he grew the biggest pumpkin. He then... Carved the inside out, you know, all the all the mush, as yeah. to call it, all the seeds and bits and pieces, and made it into a boat. Wow! And then <laughs> took it on a lake. And no way. Actually, seriously, I'm not waking no you up. Way. He took it on a lake and literally paddled his way across wow. the lake. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah. I, think, I think I need to see some evidence of this. <laughs> exactly. I think. I'm telling you the truth. I am. So when it comes to growing them have you grown any of those bits and pieces at all i've grown lots of courgettes i think that's the one thing lots of people grow isn't it and they come with the bonus of having the flowers as well which i love to stuff and deep fry or cook in lots of different ways but i like to grow courgettes green ones yellow ones they look gorgeous you get loads they're really easy to grow so that's the one thing from this group that i have grown quite yeah. a few of but I've never kind of delved into the pumpkins or squashes no. or anything else and I think probably if you were new to gardening the courgette's the place mm. to start and they're probably one vegetable because they do so well in most people's gardens you know you end up with one of those spiralers and all yeah. knows what else you know <laughs> just to sort of deal with the with the courgettes but but actually I think you could do a whole book on how to make a courgette Probably edible to children as well. I With mine, I used to have to sort of cut them in half and then I'd take the seeds out. Mm. And then I'd actually chop all that mix up and then I'd mix that back up with breadcrumbs and, and sort of like a cheesy sauce. And then mm. I'd put it back in nice. and disguise them. Yeah. And then they'd eat them. Yeah. You know? but, See, I um, struggle with my kids. I'm not... I'm not there yet with the courgettes. I'm going to keep persevering, but, you know, I have to chop them up quite small and mix them into something at the moment to get them to eat them. But the chunks are going to get bigger (laughs) and they're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or you could end up, you know, with a a Mrs. Frost who still doesn't like them, you know, in in her late 40s. She still, I still have to disguise them from her. Darling, just eat it. I'm getting the kids to eat it. So please eat it. But like so many things, I think... You maybe just haven't tried it in the right way yet. You know, courgettes can be quite bland and watery like the marrow. But if you have really good courgette fries, they're super crispy and delicious. Or like you say, in some kind of cheesy gratin baked in the oven, 
so good. How could you not like that? No, you're you're right. You're right. And actually, the flowers. I, I say I always look at the flowers and think, yeah, I'd love to do something cool mm. with those. And you said about you know stuffing them, and it's the obvious thing to stuff them a bit cheesy base, like I've do with colouring the stuff or what else would you stuff them yeah, with? Yeah, so I like to stuff them with a ricotta mix. So ricotta, mint, chilli, a bit of parmesan as well. Pop that into a piping bag and fill yeah. them up and twist them closed, dip them in like a tempura yeah, kind of yeah, batter yeah, 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 and yeah. deep fry them and drizzle with honey as well. You're doing it again. <laughs> I can't help <laughs> it. Like... I can't help it. That is just one of the highlights of the year for me. They are so delicious, cooked like that. I absolutely love them. Yeah, they are. There's mm. something, um, it's the sweetness as well of the flour mm. and you realise that there's a lot more going on than just, you know, the basic courgette yeah. flavour really yeah. anyway. So when it comes to growing them, I mean, to be fair, if I look at that as a group, if we start with the courgettes, I've grown them quite happily in the garden. Um, again, they're another one that I've put in the border. Sometimes when I've been even creating gardens for other people, the first couple of years when we're filling voids, I'll use scrambling plants like that mm. in borders just to get people going. And, okay. and And so, yeah, you could grow something like that in yeah. an ornamental kitchen garden, in the ornamental garden, containers, good-sized containers. Mm. The only thing you find is um, I tend to grow them in a, in a good-sized container but a, a sort of wider flatter container mm -hmm. um, on the basis that they tend to go scrawling all over the place yeah. and if it's got to come a long way off the pot sometimes the top of that plant becomes a little bit vulnerable you know mm -hmm. so so the lower they are to the ground the better um, in fact actually when I moved back into the house I was in I grew squash in the first year in, in one of the beds and I went away for a couple of weeks I come back and the squash had gone up the hedge and out onto the main road wow. <laughs> literally yeah yeah I had this sort of I'm trying past thinking that's a squash growing out of my way. But it was starting to fruit. So actually I had to go out on the pavement and throw the squash back over the hedge. You know? But yeah, growing them. So as far as that's concerned, containers, veg garden, as I said. But what I tend to do, I suppose, is get, is get seeds going probably about, I would say, maybe April time, late mm -hmm. March, early April. Again, it goes back to that thing, you know, of... It's not fixed anymore. Yeah. You know, so if you've got somewhere you can do it, uh, you know, indoors, if not, then I would probably sow something like that outside probably in about May time. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the good things about those plants is they will produce late onto the season. You know, I, I've been known to be picking, you know, picking sort of squashes from the garden in November. Yeah. You know, go mm. in and, and bits and pieces like that. So I would sow those individually in pots, probably about eight centimetre to a litre pot. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little tiny little, oh, it's the seed in the middle. So it's a tiny little, you know, flat seed, a peat-free compost. I plant it probably, you know, a couple of centimetres into that pot, cover it off and then go. And, and they come up like weeds, really. Mm, you know, okay. and then we'd grow it on indoors. And then I would start to get to a point where I harden it off, you know. And, and what I mean by that is if it's in the greenhouse or if it's in a conservatory, as we start to get into late April, early May, you know, late May, I'm just either opening the greenhouse up, I'm teasing it in and out of the greenhouse so that I'm not shocking this plant. And, and again, it's one of those don't go too early. Mm. You know, because you've got them growing, you've got them growing and, and, you, and you're keen to get going. Yeah. But if you put them into cold soil, they'll just sit there like that. 
Okay. You know, they get a little bit mm. grumpy. And also because of the way they grow, it is quite a, it's a hollow, sort of more tubular type stem. Mm-hmm. So they can be a little bit rocky in the ground. So all of us, uh, you know, you get them in early. We have a few windy days or wet windy days. Big leaves, they get battered. Mm. And of course, you're just shocking the plant, you know. Yeah. So, And then really, leave plenty of room. I think that's the one thing as well. You're putting out a plant that probably looks about the size of your hand. Mm. But this thing is going to cover more than what we've got in front of us table-wise. And I think okay. sometimes when we talk about, you know, growing courgettes, because you buy a packet and you've got 10 seeds in it. I'm mm. going to grow 10 seeds. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the problem is then you have got, you've probably got, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, yeah. 100 or courgettes to mm. deal with through the season. So for me, you know, that, go easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I plant one, maybe two. And then what I do is always make sure they're different varieties. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you probably noticed, you know, now when we go and buy courgettes, when I first started growing courgettes, it was all about the green thing. Yeah. You know, the green long thing. Now, oh, wow, you can get every single different courgette growing. And it goes back variety, variety, variety. Mm. And, you know, you grow your own. So, but that's growing it. You know, keep it watered. It'll work its way away, and then you'll be picking courgette. It's yeah. that, it is that simple. You know, put a little bit of goodness into the ground. Anything else apart from that? I don't think so, really. It, it, there really are an easy one. I say that seed, one seed in a pot, because yeah. when it, you don't want to disturb the roots of that plant once mm. it gets going. Um, that's it, job done. So now you can tell me how, because the <laughs> nation will be sat there going... In horticulture, we laugh because we, we, we joke that, you know, courgettes are a thing that we, we're all absolutely rammed out with. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what we're going to do with a courgette. Uh, it's the same in the cook's kitchen, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, on the Good Food website, there are certain touch points in the year when this search for certain things just, you know, skyrockets. One's blackberries, pancake day, and the other big one is courgettes. Yeah. So when it's courgette season... We know about it yeah. because, you know, you get a hundred times the results of, you know, people wanting uh, recipes for courgettes and new ideas. Because I think after the first couple of meals with, with the courgettes coming out of your garden, people quite quickly get bored of them and want yeah. something a bit more interesting. So, I mean, we've got hundreds of recipes on the website, but a few of my favourite ways to cook them. I really like them in a pasta dish where you slowly cook courgettes in quite a lot of olive oil and garlic so they're almost collapsing and they become really soft and like jammy which isn't a way we eat courgettes very often Um, but they are really really delicious and silky and if you have that tossed through some spaghetti with some parmesan or pecorino that's delicious so simple all it needs is a bit of garlic really good olive oil and plenty of olive oil that's like one of the key ingredients Um, and a bit of chili Really, really delicious. Courgette curry is really good as well. They work really well with spices, just like we said with marrows. You know, they can take on a lot of spice because they are quite a bland vegetable. So I really like them in a curry, cooked down. And then, you know, if you want to preserve them, you've got things like pickles and chutneys as well, which they don't always have the nicest colour, do they, when you preserve courgette? But they can carry flavours really, really well. So you can make a really delicious chutney with coriander seeds and cumin seeds. A bit of turmeric in there, make almost like a, a piccalilli type 
you know, pickle. Yeah, yeah. And then you can enjoy it for months and months to come. I mean, there's just so much you can do with courgettes, isn't yeah, there? She, you're selling it, girl. You're <laughs> selling I hope so. <laughs> you, you definitely are. <laughs> I think, as, hey, as, as a veg grower, if you're new to growing veg, they've got to be a go-to because that, very rarely are you not successful with courgettes. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and actually, interestingly, we talk about, you know, having lots of them. And, and not necessarily everybody liking them because they can, you know, feel a little bit blander. But you've obviously brought out life. But actually, sometimes I find that, you know, like maybe using a yellow courgette mm. or something like that, because people seem to, with their eyes, straight away, oh, it's green, it's courgette. Yeah. Whereas actually, the, the yellow throws them a little bit. And it's easier for me to get my kids to work a yellow one okay. into a dish. Yeah. And without them really commenting, yeah, you know, so whether they think that maybe it's a little bit more like a squash or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and like, you touched on spiralizer earlier yeah, as well, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. like a huge trend a couple of years oh, ago to spiralize the courgettes, wasn't yeah. it? And um, with the yellow courgettes as well, they look, you know, yeah. quite a lot like spaghetti, don't yeah, they? So that's exactly. another really good way to eat them, yeah. and actually hardly cook them at all. Because they're really they're nice raw as well, you know. If yeah. you really thinly slice them or spiralize them, toss them through a nice vinaigrette. They're delicious in a salad, and I don't think we eat them raw very often. No, I, but... I, I actually you know if I'm out gardening mm. and you know there's a young one kicking around, I'd pick it up a bit like a cucumber just and just start munching on the and yeah. and they're really tasty. I've been known just to eat the flowers, yeah. but they're really tasty yeah. like that just as a a tiny little snack. But nice. then you're taking it straight off the plant, and yeah. it's. That's a different experience mm. from, you know, buying one and then bringing it home and trying to gnaw on it. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so hopefully we've got a few people thinking, oh, I'll give the courgette a yeah, go. Yeah, I you hope know? so. I know lots of people out there are always looking for ideas, so there's lots of them to, to dive into. Yeah, cool. Mm. So squashes. Mm-hmm. I think squash is a really cool vegetable. I agree. And... They're so varied in their varieties, yeah. aren't they? I tried spaghetti squash um, oh, for the first man. time last year and loved it. It's really interesting, such a different texture. And, and if you think about this as a plant, and when I talk, you know, you know I rattle on about this idea of ornamentals and edibles coming together, mm. you know, look at all the different squashes there are out there, you know, do yeah. a little bit of research and... You know, like we said, we see fields of pumpkins now. You know, if you leave some of these squashes in your garden for a little bit longer than you are, actually you've got these little pieces of sculpture. They are absolutely incredible. I mean, as far as growing, it's the same sort of process really Mm -hmm. as as the courgette. All I would say is that I'm not always as successful with... You know, so I work a lot of goodness into the soil. I make sure they've got a sort of a, a decent sunny spot. Whereas I feel like sometimes I could forget about a courgette for a few days. I will, I will always check on a, on the squash. Mm. Just make sure that it's you know, it's it's a bit protected. This that the other. And I suppose that's the other thing I didn't say. Sometimes it, when I do first part put them out, I might just cover them a little bit just with fleece, just to protect mm-hmm. them, just till they get the roots in the ground and, and get them going. But yeah, the the growing thing is is pretty much the same. So I think, you know, for me this one is all about the cooking, girl. <laughs> all about the cooking. Well I wanna know first what what varieties do you grow? Because yeah. it's a similar story in the in the shops, all you see kind of year round is the butternut squash, isn't it? And there's so many out there. So what are the other kind yeah. of varieties that so you would suggest? So there's one called for? 
Sweet Max, I think it was called, that mm. I did. I did this year. But normally, I, I because there's so many of them, I try a different one each year. Okay. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I don't tend to... I don't tend to stick mm. with them. And it's the same with the courgettes, really. Yeah, I, and I probably say, I'm a gardener, aren't I? You know, yeah. so it's a, it's, oh, that's new. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that before. Mm. Oh, wow. And that's the joy of it, though. Yeah. You know, what's that going to look like? What's mm. it going to taste like? And uh, and they say you don't get that. So, yeah, Sweet Max, and they were really good. And mm. Sweet Max, exactly as it says on the tin. And I think that's one of the things that I like about you know, squashes, mm. is that they can taste incredibly sweet. Just yes. just roasted down. Mm. The texture I'd love, but just roasted them down. I mean, I did a dish the other day and ultimately, oh, I can't remember her name. I think she's done some writing for you. She has for the magazine as mm. well. But like, does a lot of sort of tin bake things. Okay. And you probably remember her name in, in a minute because I won't because I'm older the than Rukmini. you are. That's it. Yeah, Rukmini That's Naya. it. So... This tray bake, all right, was was sweet corn, which mm. I grow, and I'd had a few that were, I'd, I'd picked them because the weather was changing, and I'd put them to one side and cocoa the clown if I forgot about them, <laughs> didn't I? So, and being the idiot that I am, but they were still all right, but they'd lost that real freshness. Mm. So I I had those. I had some squashes that I picked, put in the garage. I cut those up. I half these sweet corns, and then I had some black bean couple of tins of black bean, mm-hmm. put that in, and then some cumin, ground coriander, and what else did I put in? This definitely, a, I oiled it over, and there's another herb that I can't think. Anyway, put this in the oven for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Sounds great. But also it looked amazing. Yeah. Oh, Sweet chili, I put, you oh, know, nice. like sweet chili flakes. Yeah. So it was quite Mex. It looked Mexican because okay. the colour, yeah. the oranges, and and then and then it was done under a hot heat, so it was mm. sort of two hundred odd degrees, and so you know they charred a little bit. Yeah, nice. And and then when we brought it out, I did some fresh coriander that mm. I've got, spring onions, and then sour cream. Served it with sour oh, cream and some great. rice. The mix of flavours was magical. You know, really but good. but when it comes to squashes, you know, what's a a basic go to for somebody you know that's never really played with squash or something? Mm-hmm. Because I think they're a really they're a great family mm. vegetable that we yeah. should all dip into a lot more. I agree, and they can be used in so many different ways. I mean, I think they go really nicely with kind of warming spices, which leans into kind of Middle Eastern cooking quite well. So your ground cumins, coriander, like you say, all those nice warming, like cinnamon, and that obviously also leans over to sweet dishes. They can be used for savoury and sweet. It's interchangeable. But I really like them roasted up with some of those spices and then tossed through like a grainy salad with some feta, that kind of thing. But like you say, they're great for kids as well because they're yeah. kids love anything sweet, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So I might put some through some mac and cheese, you know, blitz half of yeah. it, roast it up, blitz half, stir that through the mac and cheese and then leave half of it in chunks yeah. as well. And it adds a lovely colour. Oh. It adds a bit of sweetness. Really, really gorgeous. Soup, obviously, yeah. is a go to they're sweet and creamy which we're going to be talking more about at the end oh. stay tuned um, <laughs> but yeah I mean they are just so great like you say they can be used in kind of Mexican dishes yeah. in like a veggie chilli they're really good to bulk out with some beans and um, peppers and onions 
they're just so versatile, aren't yeah. they? And so delicious, like you say. My favourite way to cook them is definitely to roast them yeah. or I stick them in my air fryer now. Big fan of the air fryer. And they just become caramelised and sweet and gorgeous and you can put them with everything. Yeah, cool. Air fryer any good? I love my air fryer. I'm such Dear. a convert, yeah. Problem is, like, over the years, we've bought, you know, we've bought all that, all those different things, you know, I that know. come out. And then... You know, Mrs. Frost, it's all a great idea for like 10 minutes and then she doesn't like it out on the side. Well, this is the thing. If you've got somewhere you can put it out of the way, it's great. And I would also say it's great for cooking smaller portions. But if you're cooking for a big family, it's not as convenient. Certainly the one that I've got, which isn't very big. But if you just want to, like I say, roast some squash, which is then going into a salad with some other bits, I, I tend to use it for half a dish, you know. So instead of turning the oven on to roast a tray of vegetables, I'll stick those in the air fryer and then that will go into an omelette or whatever else I'm cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a convert. I mean, I don't like all these gadgets, but I'm on board with the air fryer. No, cool. Well, maybe I'll try again with her. Yeah, she tell you we buy them, they're out for a few weeks and then they go in and then, of course, once they're not in sight, I'm a bloke, I forget they exist. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, cool. So, yeah, so squashes, that's absolutely brilliant. I suppose the Final one really is that is that idea of of pumpkins, mm. and as I said to you, you know, pumpkins have become a big deal. You see them, you know, at the end of the year, I'd, at Malvern they have a massive, a massive sort of show, and people, you know, they come and they show their their, their large vegetables mm. off, you know, and and some of these pumpkins, no word of a lie, look like bean bags. Right. So I walked past this allotment once, yeah, and a man was watering his well. Yeah. feeding his pumpkin yeah. with milk. He was pouring milk over yeah. it. Is this urban legend? No, no I tell you what, uh, when you start talking to this, and I, I always look at the pond, I mean, they're, they're magical. So when I was at this show, I was doing my stuff, and there was this, this big tent of just these huge vegetables. Yeah. And I had to go in to do a photograph thing, you know. And anyway, I was watching three of them, and one had a marrow that was, you know, come up. Nearly to your chest. Yeah. The other one had the longest parsnip you'd ever seen. <laughs> and the other one was, you know, he had his pumpkin on the floor, which literally looked like a beanbag. <laughs> uh, but these, it looked, these men, they were all, they were all fellas in there, but they looked happy. They yeah. looked like they were with their <laughs> tribe, you know. And, and But then you started talking to them. And they all had these little tricks yeah. of how they grow and they would put frames over them and they would concentrate on just growing the one pumpkin and they had all these little methods yeah. of feeding it and doing right. this and doing that. And that's another magical life outside of growing a few mm. things to cook. It can become quite obsessive, yeah, you know. I so, yeah, there's lots of tricks and bits and pieces. So pumpkins I haven't grown much over the last few years. I think they were a thing I did a lot. With my my kids were younger, mm. and and it was lovely, you know. For a few years, I used to do four pumpkin plants, mm. you know, four kids, and then and get them engaged, and and hopefully, you know, that's yours, that's yours, that's yeah. yours, and then we would do the whole carving thing, mm. you know. But growing wise, I would say more or less the same process of the squashes, you know, starting them off seed in a pot. But you can buy all these plants as well. When I Mm. said about seed, if you look at courgettes, if you look at squashes and you look at pumpkins, you know, they can all buy those ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wouldn't put them out until early May, even going into June, um, especially where I live. But that that process is is pretty much the same. Put some work into the soil and, and away you go. But yeah, but if you're an average little veg garden at home, you probably don't want a lot more 
more than than one pumpkin plant because yeah. these things will they will sprawl they will they will do their thing so if you are going to plant them you're planting these things probably just over a meter apart you know but you grow them on you create this this massive thing and like you said you know a lot of the pumpkin growing in the country is all aimed for the 31st of october yeah. where you, where you see them then just sat in in fields and bits mm. and pieces Cooking it wise, mm. I think America and pumpkin pie and mm. all that sort of thing. Um, pumpkin, maybe soup. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Very similar to the squash, really. I'd kind of treat it the same, but it does have those connotations of kind of Thanksgiving and American pumpkin spice mm. latte. You know, it's become like the pumpkin season, hasn't it? Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's more, you yeah. know, it's kind of um, indicative of the season, the pumpkin. So there's a lot you can do with it and it works really well in dessert. So like you say, pumpkin pie. Yeah. I've got a really good recipe on the website for pumpkin cinnamon rolls. So you Ooh. use the pumpkin puree in the dough and it makes them really soft and fluffy. And then you've got like a cream cheese frosting on top, which is just so good. You're doing it again. Oh, I can't help it. <laughs> and there's a pumpkin pancakes on there as well, like the thick, fluffy American style pancakes. Yeah. You fold pumpkin puree again into the batter and they're just that sounds delicious. That like maple syrup and pecans. I'll give that a go. That does sound, yeah, you know. That but that, that really versatility mm. of savoury and sweet. Yeah. It's, it's great, There's it? very few vegetables out there, isn't there, that they can translate that well. Obviously, we've got carrot cake and yeah. courgette cake is now a thing. But pumpkin, the flavour of pumpkin just works so well in so many different ways. It's definitely one of my favourite vegetables, so I need to start growing them. Yeah, I think when you think about it, that versatility, again, if you haven't got much space, Mm. you know, where you can go sweet with it, Mm. you know, or you can then, it takes spice really well. Yeah. You know, that's a cool friend to bring to the party, isn't it? And I think that's an interesting way, if you're going to grow veg, obviously I'd always say grow what you love. Yeah. But actually, if you've got limited space... It's a lovely way of joining this mm. up now, thinking I'm growing this because it's versatile. Yeah. You know, I can make a pudding out of this. I could also, you know, I can I can knock up a lovely savoury dish. And yeah. I think that's a great way of thinking about what we're going to grow, you know, look at the diversity of what it's going to bring to the table. It's, mm. it's a good, I, I've never really thought about grubbing veg yeah. like that, so mm. you've just helped me do that. Oh, there you go. There I think the go. other thing with pumpkins is they're um, – so many of them go to waste and a lot of the pumpkins that are grown for carving are quite bland so people don't cook with them and I would really encourage people to if you are going to buy buy one of the carving pumpkins don't carve it a week before Halloween and let it go you know mouldy on the doorstep Carve it on the day, put it out, and yeah. then take it in yeah. and yeah. and turn it into a soup. Yeah, which brings us on to yeah, I tell what you, what I, I bought today. You're just <laughs> like that was seamless, <laughs> like a you know just ultimate professional. I mean, you know, making me look quite inadequate. But thank you very much, but you know, but they don't expect professionalism off me anyway. So we're all right, we're all right. But I'm go bringing on. it back to the food. I'm I know, it back go to the food. on, go on. Okay, so I've brought 
along with me a classic, really creamy pumpkin soup. And this is definitely one of my favorite ways to serve up pumpkin. Like I say, it's a great way to avoid waste because you can add cream and you can add spice to boost the flavor if it is one of those more watery carving pumpkins. Don't waste it. Put it into a soup. You can even blitz up the skin, you know, roast it in chunks with the skin on so you're not wasting anything. Roast the seeds as well. Make sure they don't go to waste. Sprinkle them on top. And... I mean, pumpkin soup, it's just so delicious. You're isn't doing it, it again. Okay, I said, seriously, I like, you make, it. you make, this, well, I, I've been listening, obviously, I listen carefully to you because I'm totally and utterly fascinated <laughs> with food, but you draw these little words out so it's creamy. And it's like, there's certain words, you know. I can't help and it, then, it excites and me. And then I'm, is... I know, and then I'll be like a little Labrador puppy, just sort of, you know, listening, going, that sounds amazing. That's amazing. But, right, let's yeah, eat the soup. Come let's on. Eat the soup. Let's eat the soup. So, this is a classic pumpkin soup. It's just made by roasting the pumpkin. Um, there's a few herbs in there, a bit of thyme, yeah. cream, stock. It's really simple, but you could add some spices to it. And then on top, we've got some croutons which are just fried off in some oil and some roasted pumpkin seeds like we said wow. so dive in let me know yeah what you that think. looks incredible doesn't it? it does look good also again it's it's the texture of it the color of it oh it's good and i mean some of the other pumpkin varieties aside from the carving pumpkins like the crown prince they have so much flavor oh, they're dense me. and sweet and they've just they're packed with flavor and that really comes through in the soup Mm. That is lovely. Makes a good lunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, me. Uh oh, we're making a mess. Mm. <laughs> that feels like I've got home. Like a hug in a bowl. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. You know, that literally hug feels like I've got. Oh, God, that is amazing. Yeah, really good. I would say, people, give that a go. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that is, that is absolutely lovely. And I think, to be fair, though, that. You know, you said a nice lunch. I'd be proud to put that on a table for a, you know, a nice sort of dinner party, really. A nice winter dinner party. It it looks beautiful. Christmas dinner starter. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. It might (laughs) well be on the list. Well, my dear, as per normal, thank you very much. That's that's amazing. I'm just in, you know, my little foodie, dreamy world now, <laughs> but um, which is, um, I'm, it's becoming a lovely place to go to. So, um, thank you very much. Your pleasure. Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardeners World magazine podcast with me, Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to BBC Good Food. Don't come.